0: kept bothering me and so I felt like it was just loving obedience to Jesus to say okay I'll talk on that I don't really want to talk about that but I'll talk about that so Matthew 6 verse 33 it's one verse read it a couple times seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need let me say that again This is the words of Jesus, middle of the Sermon on the Mount, all three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, core teachings of Jesus for his followers, and right smack dab in the middle, verse 33 of chapter 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So I wanted to share part of my journey in getting to Arizona this morning. Some of you have never heard that story. And in 2017, I was a youth pastor in Illinois at Eastview. (laughs) And Sorry, I'm pointing to Justin over here because uh, he remembered that somehow. And uh, I was there for six years, 2012, 2018, and I was a high school pastor. Just to give you a little context, Eastview is like uh, 60 years old. And it sits on 100 acres, beautiful farm acres. The church is literally 100 acres. Um, It's massive. I mean, it's like 6,000 people. And so I was in charge of the high school and the junior high group. There was about 1,000 junior high and high school kids. So a lot of little kiddos running around. And get to preach to high schoolers every Sunday morning. And one of my rhythms, one of my practices every month, was that I would get away for what I call a day of space. And it's a day where once a month I look at my calendar and for a lot of years now I just pick a day and sometimes it's three hours in that day, sometimes it's the whole day, sometimes it's an overnight, but it's essentially an entire day of me being completely laser focused on my relationship with God. I usually just take my Bible and a journal and maybe a classic, you know, Christian book that I've read before. I try not to read something new, you know, I'm not not there to learn, I'm just there to review With God, how are we doing? And in that season, 2017, my wife and I, going into that year, we're like, man, we love it here. I could see us being here a long time. So let's buy a house across the street from the church, okay? So we bought a house across the street. It's our dream house. I had this amazing basement. Do you guys know what basements are? They're incredible. I... I would go down there every morning. I had my guitar down there and my Bible, and my my kids slept on the second floor. So we're like, you know, two floors removed. So me and Jesus could just hash it out, right? I could just yell at him and and sing to him and be completely, I mean, just lay out in this guest bedroom downstairs. It was my favorite quiet place I've ever had with the Lord. I just love spending time with Jesus down there. And in that season, after we bought that house, I started hearing this whisper in the mornings and on those days of space, uh, Genesis 12. It kept hi- it, for some reason, I felt like the Holy Spirit kept highlighting this passage in Genesis 12. And, and this is the passage. It's God calling Abraham, Father Abraham, and the father of faith. And God says to Abraham, I want you to leave your native country, and, and then I will show you where to go. And I'll, be, and I'll bless you. And you will be a blessing to other people. And, and all the nations will be blessed because of you, Abraham. Now, I'm not saying he was saying to that to me, like, Matt, you're a blessing to all the nations. I'm not saying he was saying that. I'm just saying it was highlighted for me and I started wrestling with it. God, what are you saying? Why does this keep coming up? Started, you know, listening to sermons. I like to listen to other preachers. And I felt like every time I turned on a podcast or something, it was like, I want to talk about Genesis 12 today. And, you know, my friends are texting. I had a couple friends in that season We're like, hey, Matt, you're on my mind. I'm praying in Genesis 12 over you. You'd be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So, by the way, I'm too much of a coward in that time to even mention this to my wife, okay? Because, like I said, we just bought a house across the street. Plan was to stay there forever. Ace, I don't know if you guys have met Ace, my little five-year-old, but he was born July 17th, 2017. Easy birthday to remember. Seven, 17, 17. And... We, you know, we just, we're trying to settle in after having our fourth kid. I mean, we don't know what, you guys know, you don't know what you're doing after one kid, let alone four. And it uh, just feels like you're drowning and somebody hands you a baby. And so I am praying through that, my days of space. Uh, every time I'd get away, it felt like God was saying, Matt, I want you, I want you to leave. And, and this passage as well, Matthew 6, where God is just saying, seek first my kingdom. And when I say that, what, what comes into your mind when, when Jesus offers you the invitation? Seek first the kingdom of God. It's kind of abstract, isn't it? It's kind of hard for me to get my hands around. It's kind of a slippery phrase. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, seek first the kingdom of God, Katie. Everything will be added to you. What does that mean? Well, How do we do that? I like what Dallas Willard says. He says, to seek first the kingdom of God just means to... Be interested about what God is doing in every moment, and when you notice what He's doing, involve yourself, participate with that, okay? So it could be in a conversation. You could be having a conversation with your spouse, and the Holy Spirit in that moment might say, you know what I'm, in, what I'm interested in in this moment is that you look your spouse in the eye, and you shut your mouth. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm doing right now through you. I want you to listen, and by you participating with the Spirit in that moment, it could just be you're a great listener. And you're asking questions. And by the way, husbands, we're not fixing anything. We're just listening right there. And we're fully present. And then we get done, and, and, and your wife is shocked because you don't have anything to say. You have nothing to add to the conversation. You have no fixing going on whatsoever. You're just fully present. That could be what the Holy Spirit's doing. Or um, it could be that he's asking you to quit your job. And I felt like he was asking me to do that in 2017. I, I legit prayed about this for months And I'm going to a prayer meeting one night. This is like late November, December 2017. And I used to do these all-night prayer nights uh, with some friends in Bloomington, Illinois. We'd get together in a basement. After we'd put our kids to sleep, and about 8 o'clock at night, we'd gather in this guy's basement. There's 10 of us. And we would just pray the Psalms a lot of times. We'd read Scripture. Usually somebody would bring a guitar, and we would sing. And and we'd wrap up at like 3 or 4, sometimes 7 in the morning. We'd go out to breakfast, and we would just, just worship God all night long. Well, before I go to this prayer night, my buddy tells me, hey, there's a lady coming tonight. She's a little spicy. So (laughs) I don't know how you take that, but I take that as she's awesome. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to meet her. So I see her right when I walk downstairs, okay, Um, because she's a large woman. um, And (laughs) she is sprawled out on the couch, and she's praying like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. She was praying all night long as if she was hanging out with her best friend next to the couch, like they were just having a conversation, her and Jesus. And, and we get done with the night of prayer, and I didn't get to meet her because I, I was late coming to the prayer meeting. And I go up to her, and I'm like, hey, my name's Matt. What's your name? And she reaches out her hand, and then she pulls it back, and she says, you don't want to know me. This is my reaction in the moment. Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes, that's why I'm doing this and saying my name. I do want to know you. And uh, she goes, "No, you don't want to know me." And and one thing my buddy did tell me about her was that she was uh, into some really bad stuff in St. Louis. She was a drug dealer, and she was a pimp, and she had just gotten out of prison. And she, just, she had a radical conversion, he said, in prison. And she had really devoted her life to Jesus. So right away, I'm curious. And I want to know all about this woman, right? So I, my name's, I'm like, no, I really want to know you. My name's Matt. And she reaches out her hand, shakes it, kind of throws it off. She goes, no, you don't, it's not that you don't want to know me. You don't want to know what I have to say to you because for a while now, God's been telling you to quit your job. And you're not listening. And I don't know why you're not listening, because he's never led you astray before. But you're not. You're completely being disobedient to him. You haven't even told your wife, she said. What the heck? And so I start crying. And I'm like, who are you? You know? And uh, she laid hands on me. She prayed for me. She just, very simple prayer. God, give Matt the courage to, to walk this out. So I go home and next day I tell my wife, I say, babe, I I think it's disobedience to stay. And so she's like, well, go have a conversation with the leadership team at the church. So I go and I I tell them, I'm like, guys, um, again, seeking first the kingdom. I think what that means for me in this season is I'm supposed to quit my job. And they all have the same reaction, which is, cool, what are you going to go do? Like, what's next? You have four small kids. I'm my a youth pastor's salary. I don't know if you know this, but youth pastors make a ton of money. Lots. So much. Overwhelming amount. And so I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do next. And they're like, we well, have got to know what you're going to do next. So let's just pray about this. So we pray about it for a few months. I still don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I have no idea what I'm going to do next. That is my dream job. Like, I loved being a high school pastor. I loved it. Right now, the the stage that Eden is in, 14 years old, this is my favorite stage so far. I love this stage. I I don't know what it is about high school kids, but I love them. And so that was my dream job. I had nothing else I wanted to go do. And uh, eventually, in June of 2018, after praying about it a few months, we had this really cool hour-long prayer meeting, me and the executive leaders of that church. And every single one of them was in tears. And, And this is the prayer that we prayed. I think this is a great prayer for seeking first the kingdom of God. God, I want your will. I want what you want. I don't want anything more than that. I don't want anything less than that. I don't want anything else. So nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Just your will. We prayed that uh, for about an hour together until we came to a place emotionally where we could say we really meant that. Because you know sometimes you say it, but you don't mean it. You're not really at a place of indifference for your for your own will. We had to pray that until we meant it, and so we did. And, and they after that hour, they said, Matt, I think you're right. I don't know why God's calling you away, but I think He is." So we said, "Okay." So I quit my job in June. Everybody thought I did something wrong, like that I was fired, or that uh, or that Eastview did something wrong, and that I was leaving because I was mad or whatever. But the cool part was, I quit in June. But I was a pastor until September, so I had three months where it was like, no, if Eastview did something wrong, I wouldn't stay here for three months, and if, you know, if I did something wrong, they wouldn't let me stay for three months, so it kind of cleared out all the rumors, which I don't know if you guys know about church rumors, but they're pretty thick, and uh, we cleared all that out, and some September, uh, we quit. We sold our house. We had three garage sales. Uh, we went RVing for a couple months. Our family did, took an RV trip for a couple months. That's a whole nother God story. And amidst that time, a friend from Joplin, Missouri told a friend in Albuquerque, New Mexico who knew a pastor in Mesa, Arizona. He said, Matt Fogle, he does not know what he's doing. You pray for him. That was legit what they said. He doesn't know what he's doing. Just pray for him. And somehow that got around to Broadway Christian Church in Mesa and I got a call and, and they said, hey, would you consider starting a church? And y'all, um, let me just be frank. I never, ever ever wanted to start a church for so many reasons. Primarily, who likes to fundraise in this room? Who likes to knock on their friend's door and say, would you like to give me money? Would you like, how much money? For five years, would you like to give me money? Nobody wants to do that, okay? And that's what really church planning is, a lot of it, is like finding people that believe in you and support you. And then it's trying to start up something from scratch. And you guys know the passage where the Apostle Paul says, you know, some people plant seeds, they're pioneers, and some people come behind and they water the seeds, but ultimately God God causes the growth. That's what Paul says. I was always more of a waterer. I'm a good waterer. I'm a good come behind and I'm not a great pioneer. That's not really my spirit. I'm more of a pastor than I am an apostle, you know, start something new. So I knew I didn't want to do it. And it felt like, again, loving obedience. Jen and I were praying. I was on a retreat one day and I opened up the scriptures and I saw 2 Corinthians 6. And it says in 2 Corinthians 6 Paul says, I'm extravagantly rich in Christ and yet I live on the handouts of others. That's what he says. And I read that on a retreat day in September of 2018 and I surrendered. And I feel like that's a huge part by the way of seeking first the kingdom of God is when you discover it when you discover what God's up to in the moment and it could be by the way you forgive somebody who has wronged you that could be what God is up to right now in this season and if that's it it's going to take an act of surrender on your part to say okay I give up what I want and and I'm going to do what you want God I'm going to let them go I'm going to forgive them it could be God, I am so anxious in this season. I don't know what's going to happen next. What God might be up to is him saying to you in that moment, believe me, I care more about you than I do about the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. Read the rest of this chapter. I care more about you than you know. And so trust and surrender in that moment is saying, God, just give me what I need today. Just give me my daily bread today. And that'll be enough. Tomorrow has its own worries. Just give me what I need today. I surrender to trying to be in control. I don't need to be in control. And so we said yes. And we moved out here. And Rhythm Community Church started in elementary school in 2019, October. Great time. Great time to start a church, you know, three months, four months before COVID. Uh, we were like, there was about 150 people coming every Sunday in, in February of 2020. And then that happened and we moved into homes for a couple of years and we were looking for a space to meet here this last year. And we settled on Arizona State University for a lot of reasons. Number one being it's the cheapest place in the area. Number two being there's international kids here that come from all over the world. Like hundreds, hundreds of students every year come to this campus from countries that do not have churches like, you want to know how many Iranian students I've met in the last year here in this campus? Kids from Iraq, kids from China, kids from Japan, who, by the way, come into our service. Some of you don't even know. They stay at, some of them stand outside our service. And, we, and, and then we have conversations afterwards. Kids from India. And, and most of them are just curious because they've never seen a church. They're not like, hey, sign me up to follow Jesus. But most of them are just curious and here's the God's honest truth. I do not know what the future holds for our church, and I do not know what the future holds for you personally. But here's what I do know this morning. That you and I can seek first, above all else, the kingdom of God. And we can seek his righteousness, not just our own righteousness, not just seeking to do the right thing, but seeking what he's doing, his right thing. And all other things will be added unto you. How much more peace would be available in your life if you surrendered to that little, just that little invitation of Jesus? God, I trust you enough to take care of me today. I trust you enough to take care of me tomorrow. I trust you enough to take care of whatever happens. Even if I die, even in death, you are stronger than that. One of the coolest things I got to do when I was home Was go through my Aunt Susie's house who just passed away she was like a grandma to me she didn't have any other kids she's my grandma's sister and she had this cackle about her you ever met an old woman who cackles who's a little sassy and cackles this is my Aunt Susie she's just a riot she passed away this last year we're going through her stuff I'm reading all these funny jokes that she left behind all these cards all these memorabilia Um, it's really emotional it's really good and, and here's, here's what's really cool is in the last few years, my Aunt Susie started following Jesus again. I don't know if she ever followed Jesus. This may have been the first time. But, but I know that when she was in the hospital her last days, she asked some pastors from Eastview to come pray with her, and they told me that woman, she knows Jesus. And I was walking through her house, and, and we have a lot of stuff, don't we? Do your kids a favor, by the way, go through some stuff. This is just a side note from the sermon. Go through your crap. (laughs) Do some stuff about your stuff, all right? So we're going through all this, and I just kept thinking over and over again, up until the last day when she passed away, and even now in eternity, God's taking care of her. He's he's there. He's with her now. And He's going to move history towards His desired end. Hear me on that. Not your desired end. Not what you want but what He wants. And I think He lets a lot of things go. I think God doesn't manipulate. I don't think He forces. That's pretty clear from Scripture. He's not a forceful God. But there's always an invitation to seek first His kingdom. So how do we do that? Practically. What does that look like? One little invitation. There's a cool practice that the early church did. It's called Lectio Divina. Now, we do this in the service. Some of you, you don't even know that we do it, but we do it. And it, all it is is this. It's movements of reading Scripture. And here's the movements. I don't know if you guys read this book this last month, this Invitation to a Journey, but Lectio Divina is in that. It, it talks about how to do it. So I'm just going to read you the different movements here. The first part is, is called silencio, which is a Latin word for silence. If you want to sound smarter, you say silencio. And it's just preparation for reading the Scriptures. You know, You open up a newspaper um, or you open up Instagram or whatever. You don't have to prepare yourself for that. Right? It's ready for you. Scripture, if you believe that it's God's living word, one of the ways that you can seek first the kingdom of God by practicing Lectio Divina is before you start to read Scripture, take a second. Whew. Just be, be quiet. And then it says uh, Lectio is just the reading and receiving part. Just, it's just letting the Scripture wash over you like a river runs over a rough rock and, and turns it smooth. Right, it, It's just reading it. The third part is meditatio. It's just processing. It's thinking through the Scripture. It's not just hearing it. It's thinking. It's starting to mull over it. I like the word meditation. In the Hebrew, it has, this, it has this connotation of a dog gnawing on a bone. You know that? You ever seen a dog gnaw on a bone? That's meditation. It's not letting it go. It's gnawing on it. A ratio is this idea of you're responding. So you're starting to inwardly turn in a response kind of way to say, God, what do I do? I'm meditating on it, but what do I do about this? What do you have to say to me about this? It's kind of a ratio, you start to talk with God about it. Contemplatio is after you talk to God, you start to yield and wait upon him and say, whatever you want, Lord, I'm seeking your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else, and I'm yielding to that. Because I'm going to follow you, not myself. I want to follow you. And then lastly, incarnatio, it's this idea of, I want to live this out, because God's love language is obedience. It's faithfulness. So, I don't just want to hear it. I don't just want to know about what you want me to do. I want to actually do it. I want to act on it. So, we're going to do this. We're going to practice it this morning. And then at the end, I'm going to have you uh, enter into a time of communion whenever you're done with thinking about how to live it out. So, we're just going to practice it. We're going to try it on. And I want to invite you to, to try this this week with a piece of scripture. It could be Matthew 6. It could be any other parts of Matthew 6. The very next passage in Matthew 7 is about judgment. Maybe that would be a good one to do a Lectio passage on. But just choose a short thing to do this week. Um, This is Matthew 6. I'm going to read it in a couple different versions, okay? And I'm going to settle on one version. Okay, so if you wouldn't mind, let's, let's silence ourselves. If you feel comfortable enough, you can close your eyes. You don't have to, but if if you want, it helps me to focus. And just for about 10 seconds, 20 seconds, let's just have a time of silence where we're preparing ourselves to hear from God. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. Another version says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, And all these things will be given to you as well. Another version says, steep your life in God reality, in God's initiative, in God's provisions. Don't worry about missing out you're going to find that all of your everyday human concerns will be met. Another version says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. This time, just choose one word or maybe a phrase within this passage. I'm going to read it again. But just try to choose a word or a phrase to to meditate on. What are you curious about? What, what, What do you feel like maybe the Holy Spirit is highlighting for you? But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Let me read that again. Again, just looking for a word or a phrase that the Holy Spirit might be nudging you towards. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. If you would, just with your eyes closed, um, just to give people some comfort, maybe, some courage. Is there anybody that would want to speak out, whatever that word or phrase might be, from that passage? seek first yeah anybody else this will be given to you as well but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all these things will be given to you as well. Again, it doesn't have to be a word or phrase within the passage, but is there anything else that you guys want to speak out? Just want to give you room for it. Surrender. Yeah. Thank you. I'll read it one more time, last time, and then if there needs to be a yielding in your heart towards what God is inviting you towards, just ask you to yield. Yield. To surrender, to give up the illusion that you're in control or have to be in control of everything, that God really is caring for you. He's providing for you. He wants to give to you. And you just yield to that this morning. But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Father, would you give us, as a family, Christ-like courage to live into our calling, to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness? Would you give us the level of faith that we need to believe that you're going to give us everything we need when we need it? in life and in death. In the past, present, and future, you are faithful and you are initiating. And I pray right now as we take communion together, as we eat the bread that reminds us of your body that was surrendered for our behalf, your death for our life, as we dip it in the juice, it reminds us of the blood that was shed willingly to accomplish your will. Right now, we're just, we become aware of what Jesus actually prayed when he was on the earth, which is, God, if it's possible that I don't have to go through the cross, if there's another way, please make another way. And you said no. And he obeyed. God, would you dispel any illusion in our minds that following you is going to be easy all the time. It's going to involve pain and suffering. As as Christ suffered, we count it pure joy when we go through trials because we know that you're shaping us to be more like him. So as we take communion, would you help us to remember and celebrate his sacrifice that makes us whole. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Life and Rhythm podcast. If you'd like to know more about Rhythm Community Church, you can go online at rhythm.community. Peace.